live from the living room. Stay busy with the boy, Armand Sadler. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Stay Busy with the Boy, Armand Sather. I am Armand Sather. This is the podcast where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture. And as you know, from the last two weeks, we bring in some pretty cool guests. We hope you enjoyed Jeff. We hope you enjoyed Nonsense. But it's time to, you know, get me, me and Nick, us, us, us alone back. You know what I'm saying? The the, the dynamic duo vibe. So, you know, still mm-hmm. vegan, vegan chorizo poppy, babyface assassin. Five mile Monday, Poppy. I ran five miles on Monday. I was getting oh, it in, goodness. getting it in. Feel me? It's, it's time. It's, it's, it's bad easy. That said, co-host, brother, my guy, how are you? What's up, y'all? How you feeling? My name is Nick Early, hailing from the West Coast. Any hey, West Coast out there, y'all listening, screaming at your computer, let me hear you say, yeah. But anyways, no, nah, I'm, I'm here. Uh, we're having a good day. I don't know how you run multiple miles at, at once. I, I still don't understand that, but... I need a little like intro, like a you know, green tea poppy, whatever uh, you know, kom- kombucha king song. Yeah. So Ooh, the alliteration, <laughs> alliteration. Like yes, that. alliteration always hits. Right. But, uh, I forgot my mic stand. I left it in G's car, and so here we are, handheld today. You know, but we still so, making the show happen for y'all. And that's that's all that right. matters. That we still bring the busy, the busy talks to y'all. So. That said, any new listeners, thank you for tapping in with the boys. Any returning listeners, any last-time listeners, hopefully y'all don't exist. But, hey, if, if you don't like us, let us know why. Um, whether you like the Astros or Rays, barbecue chips or regular Lays, AirPods or Beats, IG Reels or Tweets, corn tortillas or flour, honey mustard or sweet and sour. Mm. Come on! Mm. Mm. And Nick still won't put me on one of his tracks. Like, I, oh I've God. been ready. I've been ready. The verse has been locked and loaded for a year. You are ready. We need for to a do year. That, that Stay Busy project might have to happen then. Bro. All right. Hey. In time. In time. I want to give a big shout out to our guy, our, our VP, the man who does does it all, Kieran Hurley. Uh, you can't see him, but but you can feel him. All right? You can't see him, but okay. you can feel him. You know the vibes. Of course, shout out to Anchor Distribution Platform. If you do not know, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all of the streaming platforms, and you can get some sponsored ads regardless of your listenership. And, of course, Zoom. Zoom allows you to see this. This. <laughs> Feel me? So you, sh- you should be thanking Zoom more than we're thanking Zoom because you get oh, to Lord. see this. The babyface assassin. That said, uh, you ready to chat, bro? Let's get into the chat. Very, very packed week. Uh, fun week, though. A lot of different things happened. Uh, something that was really, really dope to me. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion put out an op-ed in the New York Times uh, speaking on protecting Black women, speaking on the upcoming election and how much responsibility has been put onto Black women um, and how they've been attacked for basically the entirety of their existence. 
Um, I thought it was amazing for her to use her platform in that way. Obviously, she's been through a lot this year with her label stuff and then with the with the short Canadian stuff. Um, and so just seeing her, you know, put this out and like still being so strong, still being so so determined, so motivated. Um, I, got, I, I really enjoyed reading it. I sent it out to a bunch of my friends. If you don't have New York Times and you want to read the op-ed, I'm happy to refer you. Um, there's, there's a program currently where you can uh, pay $1 a week, $4 a month, and be subscribed for the next year. And then, you know, the, 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 the fee is going to go up. But, hey, for the next year, you get New York Times. And even if you don't use it, I really suggest reading uh, the, the Megan's site. Um, do you get a chance to read it, my brother? I didn't get a chance to read it, but I, I've had... And I guess been a part of many conversations about it and just heard things of it. So I guess I get, the, I get the, yes, shout out Clubhouse. I get the general, <laughs> the general idea. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to speak as if I, you know, was there and knew everything what's going on. But I think the general sentiment is the case, you know, like black women need to be protected, need to be protected in a more genuine way. And I think people who say, you know, protect black women and help them in this on the third and listen to them and don't aren't really about it. And in a lot of ways. Um, and so I was, I've been a part of, unfortunately, the, the very toxic conversations, you know, and then I've been a part of very constructive conversations in relations to the whole Megan Tory situation. So uh, at the end of the day, I want to give Megan her shine and then focus on her. And so, yes, I, I think it's, it's very powerful for her to use her platform to speak to such a publication as, you know, the New York Times and give them that story. And so, um, I just hope that this can further the conversation and change some people's minds to realize that we're kind of like what black women do go through. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I yeah. have to say about it. Yeah. And I, you know, it, I think I myself as a man, as you know, growing up, I think we've all had to just unlearn a lot of things and really come to put ourselves in their shoes and, and see what's, what's going on and be a bit more uh, empathetic to it. And, you know, I, I've come to realize that protecting black women is more than just tweeting it. It's more than saying it. you got to actually do it. We have to listen to them first, like literally listen to them. Like it, it, in these clubhouse rooms, we see so many women getting talked over and yeah. when, when they're sharing their perspectives, it's, you know, it's just like small stuff like that still exists. So, you know, I think we just, we all need to be better. And, Hopefully Meg's op-ed and a lot of other things that are happening will, will get us get us to be better. I'm, I'm not perfect, but I, I want to learn how, how to be better for, for right. black women. So, right, right, right. yeah. Love Meg. Love her so much. Um, big week for an Alabama artist by the name of Young Blue. Um, he, he tweeted out this week a screenshot of a conversation with the boy Drake. Um, and the internet was quick to be like, oh, you, you fumbled the bag. And then now, now, now the song's not going to happen. They were talking about doing a remix to one of his tracks. And then he, he quickly quoted them and said, hey, uh, Drake told me to post it. So, yeah, I relax. I'll see you on Friday. Friday came. The remix was out. Uh, you get your mind still. Young Blue featuring Drake. Really enjoyed it. Drake had some. Uh, it, 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 it's not one of my favorite Drake verses. And there were a lot of people saying it was amazing. I don't think it was amazing. I think there were some parts in there that were very relatable. Um, he's talking about, you know, pretty taught me, taught me lessons. And like, it, it's like. A, a woman beyond being pretty like that there are some things that 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 you have to endure that you may not realize because you just see what's on the surface and then he talked about like being in the club and like you know seeing his girl hug dudes and like i i know them type of hugs it was it, it I, I felt that i felt that I, I wouldn't call it verse amazing but i did I, I did enjoy the remix a lot and it's a great look for young right do you th so do you think that this is alabama starting to speak up a little more because isn't flo millie from the Mobiles, got mm -hmm. blue. Are they starting to try to emerge a little bit more into the commercial light? So anyone who's from the South, anything that could, you know, is 
rolling your eyes at this part right now. Obviously, I don't know about other Alabama <laughs> artists that you know of, but in the more mainstream light, we'd yeah. like to hear a little bit more from Alabama. So this could be y'all, y'all's time. Yeah, because I'll admit, I, I hadn't heard of Young Boots until, until this weekend, until I saw the tweet. And I listened to his music, right. like, oh, he's, he's good. Like, this, this is yeah, good stuff. Valid. So I was excited for him. I was excited to hear what they came up with. And um, they uh, they did a good job. And, you know, I think it's just really awesome, uh, again, continuing to see Drake reach back to these younger artists. Like, uh, he, he did an interview with Trey Austin for Complex. Shout out to Trey Austin. To Trey. He, he was one of our employees of the week back in season one. Um, and Young Blue talked about how, like, uh, he reached out to Drake. Actually, DeMarcus' cousin set it up. And then Drake, like, FaceTimed him at, like, 1 a.m. to talk about the remix. And he missed the call. And he's like, damn, I fumbled the bag. I'm not going to get this remix. And then uh, still, like, Drake got the verse to him within hours. Like, like uh, Young Blue sent him the song. Drake got the verse back within hours. And it's like, wow. Like, for Drake to work that fast. But certain artists, like, you send them a track, they might not get it back to you for months. But, you know, Drake was, Drake, you know, really, like, poured into this kid and gave him a really, really huge look. He's earnest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think at this point in his career, we talked about like uh, with Darkly and Demo Tapes and paying homage to Hove and, and, uh, and Eminem and a bunch of other rappers and seeing him continue to lift up these, these younger artists. It's, uh, it's dope. So shout out to him for that. Kind of along these same uh, OVO Toronto uh, uh, lanes, I guess. Uh, 40, uh, Drake's, you know, longtime legendary producer, engineer, uh, went on Kevin Durant's podcast uh, with my boy, my former boss, Bansky. Shout out to Bansky. Um, and Forty told a lot of dope stories about Drake, really advocated for him as Drake the producer. A lot of people think that, you know, Drake has this machine of a bunch of writers and like a bunch of people kind of making stuff happen for him and like he's he's just right. a bigger head. And you know, Forty talked about how like, you know, certain songs like Drake is in there, like, no, like filter this, like like drop this out, like do all this, do all that. So Forty yeah. was giving Drake his flowers as a producer. And I think, you know, people don't realize like as as a rapper trying to craft something like yes you write the lyrics yes you perform the lyrics but like you kind of also know how, how you want to sound and of a lot of the best music comes from you being hands-on with everything being like nah like this is what i want do this take this out blah blah, blah chop this beat add this beat here like like before you talked about how yeah. drake will get sent certain beats from artists and like He'll be like, oh, this is dope, but he'll only take like five seconds of it from the beginning. But then, like, when, when you see what he turns the song into, it's like, oh, I can't even do that. Because, like, that's just so, it, it's, it's so calculated. It's so cerebral. Um, and, you know, there's, I, again, there's so many narratives made up, but I, I always encourage you all to watch interviews, read articles, be informed, because, like, this is the man who's been working with him for the last 10, 15 years. So, it, more it, than it, that, before that. So. Yeah. Well, so, like, if, if you're not going to believe 40, then, I guess I, I can't help you at this point. Um, but shout out to Kevin Durant for that. Shout out to Bansky for that. Um, really, really enjoyed the conversation. Highly, highly suggest checking it out. Um, a big song dropped for you uh, this week. Uh, talk about it. Talk about you it. You know, it was, it was kind of anticlimactic, to be very Ooh. honest. Not, and that's, I guess, that's not harsh, but it's just, I think, just the way it made me feel because I love the original so much. Mm. What I'm talking about, y'all, is uh, Brandy featuring Ty Dolla Sign, No Tomorrow Part 2. Um, for those who know, B7 has, is my album of the year uh, <laughs> for 2020, behind, like, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, anything that has come out or will come out, it's still going to be that. <laughs> but um, for me, it was just like when I listened to the song, I was expecting something to be a little different. I was expecting either the beat change. I, I wanted to feel less part two and more remixed. 
And I guess I was like, oh, part two, that's a cool way to, you know, extend the story or extend the song. And it just didn't, for me, it just didn't feel like there was so much more that changed or it was different. And I guess they kept the integrity of the reggae song, but it felt more remixy than it did part two. Um, so I was I was waiting for something great to happen, and it just you know it was just a normal representation of the song, a normal interpretation is what I should say of the, of the song. And so, you know, Ty Dollar is great at doing his backgrounds and everything. Um, I would say vocally, you know, he doesn't really hold a candle to Brandy, but that's not the point here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just I was waiting. I wanted something to happen in the song that was a little different, but it was it was still good it's still listenable i'm still excited for featuring ty dollar sign i'm still mm-hmm. excited for the next randy stuff or whatever but uh, that's just how i felt about it yeah that's a great transition uh ty dollar sign finally finally announced his upcoming album uh we've been waiting on that for a while um ahmad davis one day tweeted uh i, I think i said this on the past episode but, uh, ty dollar can't make his own album because he's busy making other people's albums better <laughs> right. and this man is steering into the skid naming his album featuring ty dollar sign that is how you take a funny joke and you just yeah. like all right yeah i'm about to just own this because i mean and i ty dollar sign gotta know it like he's he's he, he's such a nice guy like he's of course he you is. know he contributes to everyone's music but but he knows I'll be here making y'all songs better. I'll be making y'all of albums course. better. Like this, this is what what I song better. Yeah. So I, I love the opportunity for him to come and, and talk his stuff on this album. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I know he dropped a single. I didn't get a chance to hear that. Um, oh no, I did. It was with uh, Janae Aiko and Mustard. Producer. It was yes, cool. I've heard it. Yeah, it's cool. I, I I I didn't love it, but um, I'm I'm also just different with, with singles now. Um, and I'm I'm, I'm going to talk about it uh, with this next project we talk. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't love it. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing the full slate of music. It's been Beach House to be dropped in 2017, 2017, yeah, yeah. Um, or or 2018, well, like mid 2018. Around so that time, it's it's, 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 it's been some time. It's been yeah. some time since we've heard a Ty Dolla. I mean, I, I really like Beach House to be, so I'm I'm looking forward to what he comes with. You know, he dropped Purple Emoji and like a couple singles last year. They didn't yeah, pick yeah. up too much traction. They didn't seem like people were too excited about it. And a lot of people prefer Ty Dolla Sign, the feature artist, to, that, to Ty Dolla Sign, the original artist. So, it, you know, I, I don't want to call this album Make or Break, but it's, it's, it's going to be something people are really paying attention to. And you can really make a statement here. No, definitely people are paying attention for sure. Um, when it comes to his albums, though, I think I just want to give him his, his due. Like, the man can make great albums. Free yeah. TC was fantastic. Yeah. We listened to that last album. week. Like, Free TC is a fantastic album for those who haven't run it. Go run that back. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of tracks off of that project that are really strong. Um, and so he can put together a body work on his own for mm-hmm. sure, uh, as well as the Beach House series, too. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this featuring Todd Dallas. It's a great marketing idea. It was just, it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the Butcher is here. Uh, Benny the Butcher dropped his latest album, Burden of Proof. You know, Griselda works so hard. Every other week, there's a new Griselda album, new Griselda project. But they deliver. Um, I really, really enjoyed Burden of Proof. Um, and going back to the singles thing I was talking about, he dropped a single a couple weeks ago. It leaked. Uh, Timeless featuring Lil Wayne and then Big Sean uh, as well. I, I It dropped officially last week. I wanted to wait on it. And then I listened uh, in the sequencing of the album. And man, I, I love it. Like Wayne, Wayne to me has, has a verse of the year candidate with that verse. Like I, I come see you on, on career day and end your career. I got people on my team that don't want to swap jerseys with you. Like, what? Come, yeah, Wayne, Wayne be talking. I, I need people to stop disrespecting Wayne. You know, his, his contract stuff, people think he's falling off, whatever. He's having a crazy year feature-wise. He he dropped a, another feature with uh, Pop Smoke, uh, Iced Out Audemars, and he killed that verse too. But, yeah. back, but back to Benny. Uh, 
Benny did his thing. I think this is my favorite Griselda project of the year. And, and you know, I really enjoyed the uh, Conway uh, from, from King to a God, but right. Benny had Freddie Gibbs on this, Rick Ross, um, Queen Naja, of course, West Side Gun and Conway the Machine, uh, Dom Kennedy uh, cooked like he, he did his thing. Dom so. is a, he's a great. People don't like Dom is Dom is if you know you know with Dom. Dom's been doing it for a minute too, but like there, yeah. so many rappers, rappers like respect him and b- b- bring him into their world, and he that that, that man delivers. So yeah, yeah, I really really enjoyed the uh, the uh, Benny project. I've, I've, I've been timeless has been on repeat. Uh, the Wayne song I've been raving about it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been on repeat. I had that running in yeah. the gym. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, Party Next Door is jumping into the nostalgia bag. Uh, we know a lot of artists recently have been uploading the, their older music, their SoundCloud Lucy's to streaming. Party gave us seven songs, including th- th- Things and Such, Candy featuring Nipsey Hussle, Cuffed Up featuring Quavo, Buzzin' featuring Lil Yachty, and there were three others. Um, it, it was really cool. I, I enjoyed it. I had Persian Rug, of course, of course, the masterpiece Persian Rug. Well, yeah. um, uh, and don't, d- don't Do If You Don't More. That was one of my favorite songs from Summer 16. But um, I, I thought it was really cool. I mean, these are songs that I, I listen to pretty often. So, but again, this is a move for the people who aren't core fans to, to, to access this music, to enjoy it, to kind of see what all, all the hype that we make about parties, unreleased stuff, or as Lucy's like now, it's their opportunity to access it if they didn't want to listen on SoundCloud or you know peruse the internet for, for download links. Um, so it was cool. My boy Meals was uh, trying to slander him and say uh, Party Pack had more joints than Party Mobile. I just want to say I that. Absolutely not facts. That is Cap on Twitter, Marvel versus Capcom. You're a capper. I, I do love you, Meals, but chill out. Like, like you can't say an album that has nothing less loyal, trauma, believe it, another day, savage anthem. You're like, what? Come on. Anywho, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be getting a little fussy. <laughs> Shout out to Party for doing that. A lot of people were happy. Um, and this, you know, again, we... Party will either like be present with the music or it's gone. So like, so once we got Party Mobile and then like the feature with Trippie Red, I was like, oh, Party's not doing anything for the rest of the year. And then, and then we got a feature with Summer Walker. We got the pop uh, popcorn feature, and now we got this. So I was like, all right, like two 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 projects from Party, even even though it's old, like he's he's working. OVO's had a really really active year, so it's, it's been quick. dope to see. Go ahead. Real quick, I, I want to get your opinion on the idea of like you know, Pete Bryson obviously released his his. It wasn't already released joints, but it felt like we had heard it before because they were supposed to be on Trap Soul. So it kind of, it gave that essence of like, a, you know, kind of it's already been here. We've, we've heard this before type of project. Yeah. And obviously, like a, literally we've heard this before with Party. Yeah. How do you feel about that as an approach for artists? Obviously, like you said, it's bringing new listeners to the content for, you know, who may know Party Next Door or relate to the train, who didn't, mm-hmm. you know, catch on and may not have caught that stuff. Like, how do you feel that that sort of strategy plays for the bigger grand scheme of things? So I, I think about it with, with Bryson, for example. Uh, people were, you know, just wondering, like, where he was, well, what he was going to do, what what direction he's, he's going to go in. And a lot of people were disappointed with, with the Trap Soul Deluxe only having three new songs. So, uh, and I, I think... You know, like we'll, we'll always hear leaks or like more recently, like artists will play music on IG Live that that never comes out. Um, that, this wasn't the case with, with the songs or anniversary because we, we've never heard those. But it, it's just an opportunity for, for people to hear like, you know, other things that you were working on. And um, it's, it, I, I, it's it's a good promotion. It's good. It's a good way to bring attention uh, to kind of keep yourself in the in the streaming algorithms. Because uh, if people are listening to anniversary and they don't like it, they'll just go play Trap Soul again. 
if people don't like party pack for some <laughs> reason that they'll, that they'll just go play party mobile or party next door one or party next door two and with party in particular people really prefer his older stuff you know they they want him to keep making p1 and p2 and you know a lot of these songs were made within that era i think the only newer no actually no they're like four of them were, were, were a bit newer but i think like with party it's just we people feel like he he still hasn't unlocked a certain level which is i don't know strange to me like like he's a really good songwriter but, but they feel like his music can still go, go a higher level um i get that, I get that completely and you know, I, I think Persian Rugs is like one of those songs people look at as like, oh, this is one of your masterpieces. Like, this should have been on an album. So, I, I think it's just another. It's a cool way to deliver the music with a bit less pressure. Like, this is not an album. He he made it very clear that these are you know SoundCloud Lucy, similar to how Drake did Dark Lane demo tapes. These are just this is this is a gift. That project hits. Oh, it was amazing. It was it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, like it, it it felt like an album, even though I heard like twelve of the fourteen songs uh, prior to hearing it. But yeah, I. It's uh, I I, I kind of see it as a gift, so like, I, I don't really judge like that project like super hard. It's like oh, whatever. It's, it's cool, it's cool. But yeah, there's it's it's, it's it's a very multifaceted approach. Um, I hope I hope I explain that well. Um, shout out to Asylum Records. Shout out to my boy Kojo. Uh, Sada Baby released a whole lot of Choppers remix with Nicki Minaj. My boy Kojo on the graphic design. He got posted on Drake's story. He was he was going crazy. The, the song was trending number one on Apple Music. So we don't give Kojo his flag. Yeah, Shout, Kojo. Out Kojo. Shout out to Kojo. Shout out to That's my guy. That's my guy. But Nikki, she ate that verse. Like, yo. And, you know, Nikki has always been a feature killer, but people have been doubting her musically as well for a, a variety of reasons. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she, she just had her baby as well. Shout out that to her mom that. bag hits different. Yeah, we talked about that. Mom <laughs> bag. When you get in the motherly bag, uh-huh. everything, you're, you're going for broke. Like, everyone is just like, like Kalani started eating more, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Cardi, obviously, we know, mm-hmm. and Nikki too. So when you get in that mom bag, it's focused. It's like, all right, how do I get this? How do I get back to it so people know what this is? Because I, I need to stay and maintain my lifestyle for my child, for my yeah. child. So. Yeah. No, I, I love that. I love that. Um, major, major look for Sada. Shout out to him. And Nikki made a, a really interesting line. She wants to, she wants her, her child to have a play date with Adonis, Drake's son. So it seems like her, her and Drake might be on uh, good terms again, which is they're good. They grew yeah. up now, you know, they, they're letting things go. And you know, I, I, I think becoming a parent is probably a large part of this. It's like, yo, like we all, all these beefs and all, all this petty stuff, like let, let it go. Like I, I, have, I have another life to be responsible for. Why am I going to waste time on this dumb stuff? Um, so hey, if, if if we got some Drake and Nicki music coming, I I am ecstatic about that. So shout out to them for. Right. Mature, maturity, adulthood, growth. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, one of the greatest musicians of all time, Stevie Wonder, put out a new single called Can't Put It in the Hands of Fate. And this lineup of features is crazy. We got Rhapsody, Chica, Corday, who dropped the YBN from his name. He's just Corday. And Buster Rhymes. Six-minute single. I don't care. I, I listened to all six minutes of it. It, it, it was fire. Bars on bars, musicality. Um, it was. It was. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, just seeing Stevie Wonder's name just gets me hyped. Yeah. It's like, oh, word! Like Stevie's still here, still doing. Yeah, everyone's thing. gonna do that when you get that call. You're you're doing it. You, yeah. you know, whatever you were doing gets paused, and you're, you're handling whatever Stevie says because you know Stevie's one of the few that we do have left still. Yeah. So. You, you're going to take that at 
that chance to do that with Stevie. Yeah. So um, I was, I was just, I just wanted to have this chat, you know, to let people know that Stevie Wonder is still out here doing music. So that's a fact. Uh, that's a, that's a great thing to see in that he's he's always been very hip hop friendly. He's always been very like you know R and B friendly, new act friendly because you know yeah. he understands that things change and things mm-hmm. grow. So yeah. shout out to Stevie for making that happen so yeah also um real quick the weekend put out a remix to in your eyes with a kenny g sax solo kenny yeah. g smoked that joint wow well, like, I, I, was, I was waiting i was like oh okay like this is the song this is the song and then kenny gets into his part i'm like oh <laughs> maybe it, it made me want to start playing sax again <laughs> shout out to my fifth grade days <laughs> you played sax? I yeah know. i did i did i played sax trombone drums piano boy i, 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 I do this <laughs> don't get it twisted <laughs> I do this. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not you, but but, okay. I, but I do do this. All right, that's not <laughs> that, bad. I'm not mad at it. That's it. Well, what you sipping on, brother? All right. So today I'm sipping on. Uh huh. A green tea box. We like that. I had to put the box because I obviously don't want to grab the tea bag. That's nasty. <laughs> but uh, sipping on some green tea. I love green tea. It's one of my favorite teas. It's it's simple. It's it's clean. It's it's good. It does the job. Um, this is a matcha green tea, so it got a little more energy to it. Mm. But I love sipping on tea, especially when we're talking about Universal Music Group announcing a new luxury hotel chain called U Music Hotels. This is by Jeff Beer. This is out of uh, fastcompany.com. So when I first had heard rumblings about this, I was just, I didn't know how to feel given, I think it was at the same time, you know, I started hearing about, you know, Universal Music Group and their contract situations, people not getting the masters, so on and so forth. And I was just like, obviously the company has different arms, but I'm just like, y'all are associating with, in a pandemic, not paying people their music, but y'all are going to build a $1 billion, $1.2 billion, 266 acre entertainment complex featuring a 12,000 capacity concert venue, a golf course, a marina, eight eight. 15,000 square foot of retail and 125,000 square foot casino. That's what we're spending our time and our money on. So I found that very interesting. But for those who don't know, Universal Music Group in uh, conjunction with Dacia U Ventures um, are creating three music focused hotel partnerships kind of like they what they described it as hard rock uh, hotels on steroids um, in Atlanta Orlando, and guess this location, Biloxi, Mississippi, which is interesting to me. Um, And so they're basically, like I said, going to try to create what they say, a new music-focused experiential hospitality category. Um, Robert Labby, who's the chairman of Decade U Ventures, he said that every, every, each hotel is going to be designed to reflect the music scene and supposed to create jobs and it says quote think of a a hotel as a hub of collaboration and innovation for artists composers writers bands and their local followings end quote quote it's an energetic vibe drawing in guests from around the world this is not just a bunch of photographs on the wall so i was just just very intrigued by this whole idea that them doing this in the pandemic they say that this is a long-term play for them to be doing this what are your first reactions and thoughts to hearing that they're creating a whole hotel chain uh given all the things that's going on in the world it sounds cool it sounds really cool um but yeah obviously with, with the current times it's a uh, it's a little weird i mean i mean i mean is this more than likely going to take a while um and you know people are predicting that 
the world is going to be normal by 2022. I'm very pessimistic. I don't know when I'm, I'm ever going to be able to stop wearing a mask. So a 12,000 capacity concert venue just doesn't really sound like something that's needed currently or will be needed within the next couple of years unless it's going to turn it into a drive-in joint or have like little dividers. Like I've seen certain concert venues like divide the people and keep them separate. So um, that'll be really interesting. I mean, you know, it's, it's a cool idea. I, I would definitely love to stay there under different circumstances, but I, I feel like their their focus probably could be somewhere else, um, but I'm, I'm I'm not gonna critique it. Like you know, get get your bag. Uh, whoever enjoys it, whoever it, it it works for, cool. You heard it there first <laughs> from Armand Sadler. He's with it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. It just it just seems. I think it's a timing thing for me. That's why it feels because any any other thing, I'm like this is dope. Or whatever, yeah. But yeah. you know, that's how it goes. So yeah. that's my half and half for this week, y'all. All right. Well, um, our employee of the month, as y'all know, the boy Prime, the, the recording engineer, the mixing engineer, one of the coolest engineers in New York City. Shout out to my guy. Love him. And with that, we're going to get into the slide deck. Take us home, Frank. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. All right. We here. We here. Um, what did you bring for us today, my brother? So I brought y'all for today uh, an artist I'm really excited about. His name is Elu J. This is Leisure by him. I don't know who produced it. It took me 30 minutes. I was still looking for it, but Elu J, put this stuff out. I, I want to know who produced this. Probably him because I heard he makes his own music. Play the song, Kieran. <laughs> So what if I told you Diamonds never mean a thing Unless you're rocking them too I don't want to stress you out If you're making me choose And honestly you Never break me down Like you wanted me to Shawty don't know I be update How I got my phone in the right way when I touch down, pick me up at Southwest And you know that I'll be riding first class Just to kick it with you Just to kick it with you Just chill and kick it Come kill some time with me I just wanna chill Cause I know you don't got Know you don't got work today Just chill and kick it Even oh. Jay, man, that's I really love that track. When I heard it, I was just I made that that face that every musician wants from every other musician, though. That the nasty <laughs> face. That's what you want. That's when you know when something is hitting. Um, love the drums production and I love the harmonics, the chord progressions. I love me some jazzy chords, I love me some jazzy progressions, two five ones, all that stuff, all that stuff. Um, and his his whole project, this is off this project, it came out I believe in 2019. A dojo is the name of the project, and all of this stuff sounds like this and has this sort of feel to it. Hard drums, really crispy, 
um, lines, melodies, and just beautiful lush chords and progressions. So if you if you like that one, y'all, check out his 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 other stuff that he has, Elu J, that was leisure. Love that. Love that. Uh, today I brought Don't Be Late. This is by Toye. Uh, it's produced, I'm going to presume, by Techno and Michael Made It because he remixed a popular song that dropped last summer by uh, two big popular artists, Drake and Sway Lee. Might have heard of them. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. This guy taking a different direction. I don't know what he's saying. Truthfully, I have no idea what, what any of the words he's saying is. But that's some of the best music <laughs> is when you can just feel it. Like you don't gotta understand. Like like right. like like Bad Bunny. I don't, I don't be knowing what he's saying, but I'll be feeling his music though. Right. So Safaeta go crazy. I don't, he, he, <laughs> but Bad Bunny could be cursing me out for all I know. I, I'll still right. be in there bumping. So shout, shout out to Toye for that. Um, again, if if somebody else produced it, please let me know. But I'm going to presume those techno might will made it based off of. Uh, it being remixed. Um, and with that, artists, fans, listeners, as y'all know, the Stay Busy Slide Deck playlist is available on all platforms. Hit the link tree in our IG and Twitter bio. If you want a slide to be added, hit us at Stay Busy Pod on IG or Twitter or StayBusyPod at gmail.com. We do check our emails. We do respond. So send us some music. That's it. You ready for the board meeting today? I'm ready, sir. Let's go. All right. So this past week, uh, I had the uh, amazing pleasure of speaking at a career fair at uh, the Community Charter School of Cambridge. Shout out to our, um, our peer from Cornell, Nolani Gabriel, for setting that up. Um, and you know, I was kind of able to tell my story to the high schoolers and, and the middle schoolers, you know, uh, how I got interested in journalism, kind of stumbled upon it, and then, you know, everything that's come since then, the highs and the lows. And, you know, two things I kept coming back to were passion and purpose. And I think those are big parts of of my story. And I think passion and purpose is what drives artists like yourself um, in, in the music that they make, specifically within the scope 
of storytelling. Storytelling gives us the, the ability to relate to someone, the ability to look into their lives a bit more and to just understand them and kind of make connections. And, and we kind of realize at the end of the day, we're all kind of similar. We, we, we might've come up different ways, but we experience the same kind of insecurities. Um, so yeah, let's get into, let's get into talking about storytelling. Um, so it's integral to our lives as humans, and it's arguably the most important thing in any person's career. Um, in the, in the literal sense, um, it, it occurs through journalism, you know, me as, as a writer, I, I do my best to tell, uh, tell stories about artists and then, you know, f fans and people will kind of make up their own stories as they go. And we, 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 we kind of try to find middle ground there. Um, but then there's also through, through, through the music, you know, um, so what are some ways that, you know, uh, you feel creatives, creators, uh, tap in with, with those feelings that, that lead to them, you know? telling their stories i think you know great storytelling obviously i think is is understanding it's about being self-aware mm -hmm. see that about being self-aware and there's different types of storytelling too you know you can be very direct with your words and i think that there's like different types we'll get into that like how different people i think express through their lyrics and their words and the phrasing but I think it's oftentimes about being very self-aware or just aware of like what is occurring around you and be able to report the facts or, you know, discuss about a specific issue or things like that as it relates to you. So I think it's almost, it's, it's in a way, it's a very personal, it's a very, um, you know, not one-sided, but the word I'm looking for is very, you know, it's singular in a way. It's about the singular experience of an event because the great thing about storytelling too is that we can experience an event in two different ways or express it in two different sort of ways and oftentimes you see it in a lot of music like i can speak to specifically um the social unrest of 2020 and all the things and all the content that came from that you felt the overarching sentiment of we're tired of this or you know stop the the hate the killing all that sort of stuff and you saw different artists express it in different ways amber mark had a song you know and that sounded different from anderson pack's lockdown that sounded different from all the different type of people's songs and it's great i think that you can hear people's experience because you'll learn things about people through songs and through reading pieces and different things like that you'd never expressed or never understood before and i think storytelling obviously creates greater context in the smaller stories and the more like unique event stories mm -hmm. it, it like creates that timeline so you can get a better understanding of people and i think that oftentimes for a lot of artists that are misunderstood or don't get the either the credit they deserve or just like i said just generally misunderstood telling their story outside of the music is, is very important as just as it is telling your story in the music so yeah, yeah that's, you know, some of the ways that the expressing and tapping in that i think about yeah, and like you might not realize it, but you tell your story even without intentionally doing so. Like tweets on social media, like uh, exactly. in Instagram posts. That it's literally like an well, like an archive of your life. Like people can, people really do try to figure you out through your tweets, through the things you say, through your actions. So like you're not you're not even directly trying to present anything or like convey a message, but you're still telling your story through through the way you live. So it's like I think you said it's direct and it's also indirect as well, um, and. Uh, with that, like stories are important because, you know, I, I think about it with friends, like oftentimes yeah. when like, when like when one of your friends tells you about someone, they usually tell you, oh, like a funny story or something. And that's your first introduction to that person. So you already have an idea in your head about who that person is before even meeting them and speaking to them. 
And then through meeting them and, and them telling their story to you directly, you have an opportunity to kind of like find, you know, common ground and find that balance. Like, oh, I heard this and this story and this was funny or this was something negative, but then I met you and, and like you're different. So it's kind of like I kind of have to weigh both. Um, and we often don't meet a lot of the artists that, that we're fans of. Like most of my favorites I've, I've never met. So the way we connect to them is, right. is through their music. And, you know, something that comes up a lot is like, oh, this artist is relatable. This artist is relatable. Um, and you know, people really, exactly. people really love that. People enjoy that. People love feeling like they're, they're like all on the same level as someone and, and not, not financially, not successfully, but just like as a person, like, like J Cole, Speaking it comes you, up, yeah. it comes up all the time. Like J Cole is, is, is the common man wearing basketball shorts, you know, talking about things he cares about, talking about like, uh, you know, wet dreams and all that. And like, we're going to get into specific songs, but you know, it, it just gives us, it, 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 it makes these people feel smaller. And, and it makes us feel a bit more real. Um, a question I have for you is, can we place a qualitative metric on a story if it's content that is anecdotal? That was complex. And I, <laughs> I probably wrote that question. You did. <laughs> um, it's a good question though. And I guess in more simple terms for those, you know, just to make it more clear, because I think that's extra. <laughs> um, can we basically critique somebody's story if it's them just sharing their own life experience? And I think that in a superficial way we do all the time, because I think in a lot of music, you know, people say, Oh, I don't like this song. or I don't like that song. And I think that happened with to pimp a butterfly um, in, in a very interesting way, because I think at, at surface level, like I have conversations with people who are just huge rap fans and things like that. And it's just like, you know, sonically, I just couldn't get into it. And I'm like, but did you hear what he was talking about? Did you not feel the story? And I mean, it, it explores so much of him. And I think Kendrick is one of those figures that, you know, you only get the music. You don't get anything outside of it. You get the interview here and there. So far as the story goes, just to provide extra context to where he was at and where his head was at. But really when it comes to knowing more about him as a person, you really only get the music. So you really should take the music. And I mean, he said it many times is that, you know, like, you know, I'm going to speak through, through the music. That's mm-hmm. just how it always goes. And I think that, you know, obviously Pulitzer prize winning Kendrick, you know, he is definitely telling us some great stories if he's get out here getting Pulitzers. Um, and so for me, like, I think like going back to the point of being super superficially, uh, Trying to put a qualitative metric on something that's, you know, a personal story. I think it's, it's very subjective to do so. And I think that's about, you know, critiquing the art. I yeah. guess we're, we're diving into some very, like, metaphysical, <laughs> <laughs> high uh, concept stuff here. But I think that that's what it is. And I think that, you know, when you're putting a story and, and, and presenting it through art, mm-hmm. not people are just going to obviously say i like it or i don't like it yeah and i think it's a more sophisticated viewer more sophisticated listener consumer mm-hmm. that can say i don't like how it's presented mm-hmm. however the story is qualitatively strong it makes sense i understand it mm-hmm. um and i and at the same time too it's also not our place to say whether something is good or not when it comes to those sort of like very personal stories for me at least so like yeah. I can, I can obviously separate it, you know, being someone that is a creator myself, I can separate when I say, I don't like that chord progression or whatever. I don't like this rhythm, but he's, he's really talking about some serious stuff. He's talking about his mom's, this, his relationship with his mom or whatever, whatever the song is about. 
Um, and so I think that it's, I guess generally, I guess my conclusion would be that it's unfair to do so, but I understand why it happens because, you know, when you're putting art out there, it's not for everybody. And some people yeah. aren't going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. And some people aren't going to have the wherewithal or the, this sense, the common decency, I guess, to, to separate the story. And so we'll get yeah. into a few examples in a second here. Yeah, like the the, the Tacoma Butterfly example is really good because I think you're doing that album and yourself a disservice if you just reduce it to, oh, the music sounds good or the music doesn't sound good. Like that, like the storytelling in that adds adds a layer to it. And there are a lot of people who don't don't want to tap into that layer. Like they just want to hear good music. Um, But, you know, me and you and I, like as people who, you're telling your story, I'm responsible for telling stories. Like we kind of have to have that level of responsibilities to go the extra mile like all right this song might not be the best but he's talking about some really heavy stuff um so with that like i i agree i, I don't think it's fair to place a qualitative me- metric on a story like only on the way it's it's presented um musically or or you know wrapped or whatever um you know but it's 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 important that that the story that does make sense is it something that i can follow along can i see the growth in you from you know album one to album six do I care enough to, at this point, to, to see your growth? And again, a lot of people just may, may not care about the artist or they may not care uh, about getting into the story. Um, but, you know, I think content in music is, or, or writing is as good as the way it's delivered. Like, so, like people aren't going to get that, that deep into something if, if on the surface it's not good enough to, to you know, really enjoy. Um, well, so, wait, hold on. I'm going to stop you real quick right there. Sure. So then just to, like, go further into that, like, so do you feel that everything has to be so upfront and so forward? Because I think there's a, that goes into the style in the presentation as well. Not forward. Um, you don't get Frank off first listen. You don't. Right. Get, yeah. You don't yeah, get yeah. Kendrick off first listen. You don't yeah. get like those are stories that need to be unwrapped and mm-hmm. unraveled. And I think yeah. they can get told over time, um, which is why they drop this stuff on us and we listen to it for years at a time. Mm-hmm. And we're still nourished by it. So yeah, no, and I and I, I hope I wasn't trying to convey that like no, stuff no, needs I, to be upfront. No, absolutely not. Like I, I I most enjoy songs where I really got to think about them. Like like when you told me Frank Ocean in my room had like triple entendres, like listening to it. I was listening to it in the gym the other day. Like you remember, I wasn't a big fan of it, but like yeah. it, it clicked. I was like, oh, <laughs> whoa, yes. And you know, it, it takes time. And um, it's funny. I was watching this Jay Z video uh, on Twitter. It was like a minute long. He's talking about how like you know, uh, journalists would do like these twenty-four hour album reviews. Like an album will come out, and then they'll try to tell you how good an album is and everything about it in twenty-four hours. Some albums might be simple enough, but like a, a, a lot of these like super talented rappers who, who get these who get the critical acclaim and all that. Like there's just layers, and, and and there's stuff to it. And you know, it's it's, it's again like having the the desire to to take that time to listen and really get into someone's story and like repeated listening and, and growing with something. It's, it's not always going to hit you immediately. So, um, no, like, I, I, I don't think it has to be direct enough front, but, but uh, people have to be interested enough. So, like, Frank Ocean, in my room, I, I didn't think the song was that great, so I, I personally didn't, like, sit with it and, like, think about all, all the entendres and all that. But, like, when, when the song clicked for me, and it took time, like, like, you might not like a song initially, and then it grows, and then when it clicked and I, I was really listening, I was like, oh, I see what Nick was talking about. Um, to kind of come back, how do we change the conversation storyline of our industry and the environment? What, what, what are some ways you think we can do that? That's a sizable question. Yeah. Um, I feel like the stories oftentimes are as only good as the characters, like the characters of the, 
create the story and like make or break the story like in a good movie it's because the characters are very strong well-developed arcs you know great conclusions conflicts resolutions all that sort and so forth and i think as us as the characters of the music industry or just creative entertainment industry story i think it's on us to assist and aid the arc of the overall story by being good characters in Mm -hmm. the story and doing our best to have that arc and have that growth. We're getting, I don't know how we got into this type of conversation <laughs> today, but um, without being so metaphysical, you know, like that, that's just kind of like what, the way I envision us being, making it better and doing better when we can and not being afraid of conflict, not being afraid of pushing, not being afraid of trying to grow the story. Because like you said, as us being a part of it, we are, we are creating a story mm-hmm. and you can choose to help further that in the, in the, in a positive way, or you can detract from it. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes, you know, in the industry, there's a lack of, there's community. Mm-hmm. I will say, obviously, just from doing things, the same things that other people do, there's a sense of community, but there's also a lost, very strong sense of individuality. And that can go to like how, you know, capitalism forces that upon us and how all the sort yeah. of things of just the way American structures the where American society is structured, the, uh, you know, the, the sort of individualistic, you know, everyone man for himself, every woman for themselves type thing. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's about the, each character taking the onus to say that, you know, I am one to be self-aware that you're a character in a storyline mm-hmm. and that two, that you have the potential and you have the purpose, you have almost, the, you have the charge to be someone in this storyline to contribute to the story and so it can get you know very like you know hazy there uh, but i think that in general to make the story better you have to identify where the story is weak and try to fix it so what do you think about it yeah no i 100 agree um you know it, it starts with just living and being better people you know they're always trying to find a way to talk down on rap and hip-hop and a lot of rappers don't realize that you know when, when you become super successful, when, when you're, you know, reaching pop star appeal, you're, you're representing the entire community. So you mess up, they're going to think all rappers are messing up. And, you know, like, it, so while, you know, uh, the, the point you said about capitalism and, you know, competitiveness and a lack of community, like, it's true, like, you know, a lot of these rappers are out, out here for themselves doing their thing. Army artists, so I don't want to make it just rappers, like, musical artists in general. Everybody, yeah. Let's and, everybody, everybody. Um, you know, everyone's kind of going out and doing things for themselves, but, but they don't realize that they're representing an entire community of creators. It's like we were told in Alpha, you're always wearing your letters, and it's not just about you anymore. It's about, it's about everyone. So what you do is a reflection of your line brother, your Neo, et cetera. And it, it, it goes the same with music. Um, of course, like us being part of the culture, like we, we, we see the, 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 the short Canadian while and we're not going to be like, oh, all rappers are like this. But like, you know, it's, it's something that, that, the, that the outside world sees and they're like, oh man, these rappers out here shooting people. Like, it's crazy. Like, you know, so I, people have to really, and in a way you have to be selfish. Like you have to operate for yourself, but you also have to recognize that you are holding up an, an entire community, I've said community a lot for lack of a better word, but it's, it's, it's bigger than you. Um, and so to kind of take it some different direction, um, you asked a question, what's the difference between refor- reporting the facts and coloring the story for the purpose of storytelling? Um, so as, as a writer journalist, I, I feel reporting is, you know, you try to be as objective as possible. You're literally just giving people 
information. This happened on this day, this affected this person, these people were involved, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of almost like a, a uh, biography, but like, obviously we've seen certain biographies are, are, are written by other people and they're, and they're kind of made a bit more interesting than that. You know, colorful storytelling, I feel it requires a level of really getting into the content, kind of really like uh, putting yourself in, in that situation. Um, and, and, and it kind of blurs the lines between being, being objective, being, being unbiased, but we found that some of the best content, some of the best stories come from people kind of fusing their, their, their personal experiences with whatever they're writing on. Like many, many, many of the world's best books are told from, from someone's perspective. Um, yes, another interesting question. Did you you have any points on that? No, no, I think, I think that that's, that's very true. And I mean, I, 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 wrote that to just kind of present you know an idea maybe had some other insight about like you know how people do color stories sometimes just to mm-hmm. for whatever selfish gain or intent and whatnot um, and you know that's more of i guess in the literal sense of <laughs> how that works we've been talking very you know metaphorically but yeah, yeah that, i think you covered it on that one yeah um but the, the whole the concept of a, of a biography is, has always been interesting to me like someone else writing your story for you um, yeah. because I, I don't think anyone can tell my story better than me personally. Um, but, you know, we've seen many famous people like the biography of this person written by this person. And I wasn't fascinated by that. Well, why do you think people let other people tell their stories? I think that you, as like I said, you're, I think this is even further than the point that I said earlier is that, you know, when you're a person observing a, a, an event or a story and you may have one perception, our reality is perception purely ron would love this episode shout out (laughs) (laughs) our reality is all our perception yeah on basis of what we can intake with our own senses right and so i would say that someone like you can tell me things about me better than i can recognize about myself even though i may be aware of it you may be able to say uh you're this nick or you know in these sort of situations you tend to act this way and that's beneficial to the third party the third party hearing that can say, wow, this is like very good. This is a reflective insight based on the person acts. Cause like, also I think it has to do with intention and how you want to act and based on how you perceive. So like I can go into a room and have the intention of trying to help people or do things. But if, like you said, my delivery is bad and people are, you know, think come, you know, think I come across as judgmental or abrasive or whatever the, the term is in the, in the moment, but I had the intent of doing one thing that's reporting the facts too. That is a fact. Yeah. Two things can exist. I came in with the intent to help, but it was perceived as that. So, like, those two things can exist at the same time. That's why I think it's beneficial. Like, biographies, I think, tend to be stronger than autobiographies. And not, that's not always the case, but, yeah. like, it depends on the context of the story. If we're talking just simply, like, telling the facts, then, yeah, a biography may be fine because, you, I mean, autobiography may be fine where you can just say, yeah, this is what happened in my life, so on and so forth. This is what I learned from it. But if you really want, I guess, to understand it, like the, the depth of a person and how they, as a character, change the story, there's other nuance and other analysis to be drawn from uh, someone else outside of the person telling the story and then that other third party receiving it. Because you can draw connections to certain things. You'd be like, wow, I didn't even see it like that. I was just, you know, I just thought I had won this Grammy, but this, you know, this Grammy inspired this kid that this and the third and ended up working with him 10 years later. And we created the greatest song of all time and that like those are the sort of things that you don't see as the character in the story is that the the viewer can get from someone else who also was 
different other than the person that we were talking about. So, yeah. How do we get to <laughs> It's too early. You Kieran just got us up early because he want to go pumpkin picking and whatnot. Yeah. Joint. So he got us on some metaphysical, psychological, analytical stuff today. We woke, though. We woke. I don't we woke. care. Um, let's list some of our favorite projects and songs with storytelling. Um, and I think, uh, actually, no, I'm not yet. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think it's interesting because I think people kind of look at storytelling in like one way, like literally like telling a story, but mm-hmm. you, you can tell a story without intending to tell a story. Um, yeah. so for example, uh, the, the big kid, Mad City, uh, if, if you want to speak on that, as, as a big Kendrick guy. Just, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an audio movie. It's an audio movie. The, the sequencing, the, the sketches, um, all of it comes together to create the picture of and then the sentiment of the feeling. It's almost as like he doesn't really have to speak to the emotions. You feel all the emotions of what that means to be a good kid in a mad city and peer like and, and everything's there. The art of peer pressure, the, you know, that you you understand what, it, what his life was, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying um, because he's not going to say he, he's going to sh- give it in the music. And so Kendrick, I think, is the perfect example from the spectrum of storytellers is going to be on the poetic side, way far left with the poetic and the analogies, and the metaphors, and all that. Uh, and he's going to give you a picture. So listening to the album start to finish, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. You, I'll first listen. And then when you dive into more into the stories, you see, oh, I see the nuance of, you know, the feeling of anxiety, peer pressure, um, wanting to be accepted, being different, and all these sort of things, just trying to be good when your environment is bad, like all these sort of things you get that from that project. So love that. Great example. Yeah. Uh, Control by Scissor, staying on these TDE lines. Y'all yeah, remember Summer 17 when everybody felt that album. Everybody thought that they was the, the, the nine to five and the weekend. Uh, Scissor opens the album talking about, I cheated on you on Valentine's Day. And you know, it, was, it was like, yo, man, like, you, the, the, this story is here. Like, you, you're, you're going to get into this. And we see her kind of battling her, her uh, insecurities throughout it. Um, and just like, growing as a woman, like, from supermodel to 20 something, it's a crazy crazy progression mm-hmm. um but yes yeah, this is another one of those artists that that we feel she's like a relatable it doesn't even feel like a good enough word to describe her because like she she, she reminds me like so much of like and i, I don't want to generalize but like she, she reminds me a lot of like a, a lot of like women that like we know and like, we've interacted with like just oh, yeah. just just very like you know she 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 she, she, she like owns her stuff like she, she's a boss but like but she also deals with a lot and like you know as as humans you know we we, we we put out these these personas. Well, she's not personas. She's real. Like this is real to me. Like she's a very strong woman who, who does what she does. But it's because she's battling things on the inside, and it's and it's just good to get both those layers. Like yeah, she's on my man, but but I also be I'm also insecure about my my small butt. It's like hey, like you you, you get both. Um, Reasons new project, uh, new beginnings. Uh, with uh, specifically with the song about TDE. Uh, we talked about it last week. You know, people mm-hmm. just people doubting. Uh, his how how his career would would, would come to be working with them mm-hmm. because it took so long to get the music out and and he's always been very vocal about it on his social media going back to you know telling your story without just doing it in the music like he's been very very vocal about you know everything that's been going on and how he's wanted his music out you know how how they they've been impatient but we see we see why with the album the album was really good um, and he's not afraid to to speak about you know his, his doubts as well. And you know, I think that's that's a big part of storytelling. Because in music, you know, like we say all the time, we see a lot of a lot of flexing, a, a lot of celebrating, all that. But you know, a lot of the music we feel like like why do we listen to R and B late at night? Because 
it's 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 telling a story that, that we feel and it fits the environment. Um, to kind of run through some other of my favorite stories, 444 by Jason, of course, um, speaking about you know, everything that, that occurred with Beyonce, the miscarriages, you know, him kind of growing up after his uh, his infidelities. Um, common fit story, common test. Common's one of the best storytellers. We talked about that last yeah. uh, lesson. Sure. Common's an incredible storyteller. Like, he'll paint the room for you. He'll give you details about someone who don't even matter, but, but then they're gonna matter later on. Like you're like, oh, that person, well, why are you bringing them up? And then that person ends up being a big part of the climax. You're like, oh man, wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so in storytelling and music, I found really rewards people who pay attention. Um, yes, like if, 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 if you pay attention, then it's like, oh, that, okay, got it, got it. Like right. um, other songs like Drake, W Freestyle, Pusha T Story of Addy Don with their beef, like a lot of different details came out. That's how we found out Drake had a son. So we found out Drake wrote uh, 30 Hours and a bunch of other stuff for Kanye. And it was, it was very personal, but again, that, th those bars in those songs have been things that have constantly come up in the last two years. Um, Meek Mill, Dreams and Nightmares. Like, it just goes without saying. Like, that's the that's the redemption story. It's like, yeah, I used to pray for times like this, to rhyme like this. I was struggling, I was down. Hold up, wait a minute, yeah, I thought I was finished. And like, that the, that one especially because the, it's it's two parts. Like, he, 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 he kind of lulls you in. You know, it's, it, it feels very, very somber, but it's still motivating. And then it just picks up and like, it, it really feels triumphant. Um, Alicia Keys, Teenage Love Affair. I, 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 I love that song. I was in like, I think that came out when I was in like sixth, seventh grade. And <laughs> right. It was like, I, I, I ain't know nothing about that. But you know, I was like, I, I feel this. And she, she made her love affair feel tangible. Like, like, like it felt like we were in it through, yes. through, through all the details that we gave. So it, go ahead. Quick Alicia one, a note. Um, and for those who, speaking of storytelling, and for those who are interested in these sort of things, who love behind the scenes and want to know the process of what happened, obviously every most big records have a story behind them. Sometimes they're cooler than others. Speaking of Alicia, on her new album, she has a song with Sampha. It's called Three Hour Drive. And on Netflix, Song Exploder goes is a series that breaks down the, the stories behind songs. And the story behind that song is just so powerful. Um, to think about how that song came together. So the, they describe, and, and you know, for those who haven't seen it, I'll just briefly explain it. Describe the song of Alicia and Jimmy Napes, who is, Jimmy Napes is an incredible record producer. They were in sessions in London working on her next project and just trying to come up with some stuff. And somehow Sampha had gotten invited to the studio. And they came there and Sampha came in. He was sort of, you know, just kind of somber, just normal, just very even keeled. He's, he's expresses himself as a little shy, a little bit, you know, kind of just under the radar type of guy. And, and that comes out in his music a little bit. You can kind of, I guess, sense that from him. And what was interesting, the parallel from the songs is that Alicia had just, it was at the time of where her youngest son had just kind of been born. He was obviously good enough for her to leave him. And, but she was still feeling high off of, being a mother, being a new mother again, obviously, because she has a new baby. And Sampa had just lost his mother. And so it was this duality of them trying to understand, you know, like, not the, the meaning of life, but the fragility of life, the, the cyclical nature of life and feeling that full circle thing of Alicia reflecting on motherhood and Sampa reflecting on motherhood, but the loss of motherhood. And so they came together to create that story three hour drive. And it was kind of like 
what's interesting about the song is that if you realize that they're singing, they sing the same verses, the same words, but the words carry a separate connotation when they're sung by two different feelings. Uh, and so that's a great example. I feel like artistically how you convey the emotions of the story, the greater story that was at large was that one person was feeling excited and hopeful. And one person was feeling, you know, somber and sort of like, um, you know, not the word is grieving. The person is grieving. And so them singing the same words on that song, different emotions, I think was such a, a very interesting way of expressing, reading into the emotion, reading into the story, because Sanford could have wrote a verse that was along the same lines, but a little more direct, but in his voice, you feel that. And then when you listen to the song after knowing that it hits a different type of way. So yeah. Stories provide context, which provide, you know, it's like when we were talking about an episode four with Yano is the story of an album is how the artist intended. The sequencing is how they intended. And that's going to give us a bigger story as well as the small individual moments. Mm -hmm. So that was just one I just wanted to share about Alicia Keys and me having a lot of respect for her as a songwriter after that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, We got some cool quotes here about um, storytelling or related to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lenny S., an A&R at Rock Nation, uh, once said, people need to either want to be you or they got to believe you. That's heavy. It, it's true for... Li- I thought about this. When I put that in there, I was just thinking about like all artists. Think about every artist you can think of. In some way, or f- shape, or form, even from yourself, you can say, I wanted to be them or I believe everything that they're saying. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And you can look at that as a whole. It's like even an artist you don't like, I'm like, you know, they have a cult following because people believe them or they want to be them. It's, it's just kind of like, it's so interesting that that was the way he deduced it to being that. I don't know if he's still a and there, but that is, it, it really applies to everything. So, yeah. And storytelling and authenticity go, go hand in hand. People feel that. And then that's how they, that's how they attach to you. Um, and uh, storytelling it's, it's kind of similar to what I said before. Storytelling is more in the lyrics; it's in the marketing. You know, who do you want to be in in the conversation with? Who do you want to be mentioned with? Like, mm-hmm. there, there, there's a reason that you know we have the the three headed monster, Drake, Cole, Kendrick. They, they, they are artists that people either want to be or they believe that they have given us so much personally. Drake talking about mm-hmm. his family, Cole talking about his come up, how he almost went to law school, wants to be in the NBA, Kendrick. Good kid, Mad City, Pimp a Butterfly, Damn. Like Kendrick has constantly really captured what's been going on in the the, the world, the larger world, and also himself, and blended them together. Um, I said Kendrick's gonna go down as one of the greatest storytellers of all time. Ever, in, in, ever, yeah. ever, yeah, for sure. Um, and this Wale quote I really love: "People run out of stories, you don't run out of reality." Um, and I, I think this is um, a really good one because. As, as people are crafting their stories and putting them out to the world, you know, th- there is a certain pressure to create a persona that, that people are, are going to attach to. Um, but the, the people that, that we feel the most, the people that we enjoy the most are real. You know, we, we feel like they're real and, and they're the people who stick because as they live, as they grow, then they have more stuff to talk about and, and they continue to put it out. If you're some fake person trying to be, you know, uh, hood or whatever and you know like we we can hear it we can hear it in the music and and like eventually someone's gonna call you out or you know whatever and like you you can tell when something is is 
it is is a story or a lie or just not true and then and then you can tell when that is, is someone's reality but, but by the conviction um and that's something that i've i've yeah, i think all, all of us music listeners we really attach to that conviction that passion and that purpose that comes to us exactly. look at how we bring it we, we bring it around <laughs> very layered conversation and i you know i I, I stumbled a bit, but I, I, I hope you all listening really take something uh, from this. Um, you all are telling your stories as well um, in, in, in the way that you live your life. You might not be a musical artist, you might not be a journalist, but you know, even through your work, through, through your fitness, through, through your ups and your downs, you, you are telling your story as well. And we all want to be believed. Um, we all want people to, to believe us. Some of us will want to inspire others. Um, and so with that, I think the the intention that we put into making sure our stories are told properly or that we tell our stories properly, I think we should put that energy into also, you know, um, gauging other people's stories and really trying to get into the depth of them. Um, you know, music is so much more than just what's on the surface, good beats and, and good melodies. Like there's, there's some real stuff to attach to. Like that, 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 that three hour drive episode, I'm going to watch that. Now. I, 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 didn't watch even, I didn't know that. I, I just really love the song. Like it's just, it's really it. good. But now it's like, all right, well, now I got to really get into it. Um, so great talk and another great board meeting you know getting to this bulletin board ain't too much going on um but we do have an announcement from our our boy yano nick to, to tell him tell him what's going on yeah so yano of course has an artist by the name of q take me where heart is just released y'all go check that out we just wanted to shout out them out you know we got a shout out yeah the, the the people that we love you know shout out the fam um so everything's going well with that mm-hmm. y'all listen to that song man really yeah fun. i love the song i think it's mm-hmm. super fire okay uh, this voice i love the, the guitar playing love every i can get very musical <laughs> <laughs> i love yeah. all the choices they made musically on that song so yeah shout out q for that release man also uh jacqueline we played him last week as, as our slide deck he dropped a single dangerous featuring reggie beckton uh, he, who is an, who is an artist that uh jeff jackson our guest from episode three has also mixed for um so just check out dangerous um but with that this is another episode with the busy boys stay busy with i'm on sabbath with my co-host nick early with the the man you can't see but you can feel here and early yes, y'all sir. know the vibes wash your hands sanitize moisturize there are some events outside but make sure that you are distancing and even if you're bad like you know, maybe maybe you can ask her you know <laughs> how you know i'm bad underneath the mask like you know it's, it's cool but anywho <laughs> stay safe <laughs> stay humble stay busy let's hit the outro yeah baby girl baby girl how you feeling i've been out in the world staying busy taking time getting right if you miss me Got the slides, got the slides. I'm the sorry, I'm the sorry.